conversation that will help shape the world of work as we know it today. Let's Create Something New is a podcast that is devoted to pushing forward and creating a new work environment where women are empowered to make a maximum contribution and men understand what it takes to be successful too. Using the tools of business architecture and Six Sigma, I'll be describing how to do that along the way. In the second episode, I pointed out how strengthening the capability of communication can help create an environment where all can be successful. I focused on the process and not the shortcomings of the people to discuss how we can do this. Where does capability fall into business architecture? When we talk about business architecture, we're talking about an infrastructure of the business. At the highest level, we provide something, a good or a service. We sell it. We have customers of the product and service. We have functions that help us to enable to do so, and our capability is how good we are at it. To really understand how this is unfolding, I encourage you to listen to previous episodes because they are building blocks. The more you'll listen, the more you'll be able to understand and thoughtfully contribute to the dialogue. So, lo and behold, I got another opportunity to discuss the capability of communication. Communication, soft skills, interpersonal skills, the things that we cannot easily measure, are often cited for the reasons projects or people-intensive systems fail. I went to an information management session hosted by a vendor. The session was in a really nice venue, the Union League Club of Chicago. Although the meeting was at 3.30, there was a light lunch, past hors d'oeuvres, soft drinks, and beer and chilled wine that were so welcome on an unseasonably hot Chicago fall day. The topic was in a similar space to the data architecture session I went to a few weeks ago. There were about 65 people in the room, again, to demonstrate how demographics of a group explain the potential perceptions of this group, I'll share the demographic information. The majority were white men in their 30s and 40s. There were five women, one at the welcome table, me, two Chinese women in their 20s, another white woman in her 50s, and another white woman in her 40s who was with her male teammates. I was interested in the topic, looking to learn and network for new business, and always having a heightened awareness for podcast topics to further the path of let's create something new. I'm going to talk about individual behaviors here. At the end of the day, that's all we can control and influence. Organizations and systems can be more inclusive, but the real power comes from the people in it, and we only tap into a very small fraction of our individual potential. I'm going to share the experience of what it was like to be part of the meeting, analyzing the behaviors of the people and my own, sharing insights along the way. I ask you to observe as I provide an audio diction of what occurred with some narrative and insights along the way. As I walked into the impressive lobby of the Union League Club, there was a well-dressed, sophisticated white man in his 50s to greet the guest. Excellent communication skills, making people feel welcome, particularly those in tech, often an introverted group. When he shook my hand and I told him I was a consultant, his body language changed. I felt he thought, oh no, she's here for the booze and the food. I felt he was disappointed. 
I get it. Many consultants do come for the booze and the food, but he's never met me. He doesn't know my network is deep and we could be good partners. I could be wrong in reading his body language. I'm open to the fact that I could be wrong. That's one of the qualities of deep listening, being aware of your observations, but also being willing to accept that you don't have the whole picture. So a great quality in listening is noting your observation and then being open to deepening it. Follow the pretty lady to the elevator, he said, and he directed the man behind me to the meeting. For the record, I wasn't offended at being referred to as a pretty lady. When I did the ACTW speech in October of 2016, I said women need to help women tangibly by opening a door, buying a product, sharing a tweet, investing in a Kickstarter campaign, or giving money if she's in trouble to her GoFundMe campaign. There's a gap that women have in the business community that I experience. When I did a workshop in New York in May, a woman asked me, is it easier to network with men or with women? In my experience, it's easier to network with men. I'll take you along my meeting so you can see why. As I walk into the room, a white woman in her 20s gave me a name tag. She doesn't shake my hand or introduce herself. Maybe her role is to hand out name tags and that's great. I wonder what she studied or what she wants to do with her life. If she's happy in her role, that's great. But if she wanted to move up in this industry, she might have shaken my hand and introduced herself and asked me about me. It was an intimate group of 65 people. It would have been easy to do. If she's happy with what she has, there's nothing wrong with that and that's fine. But if she has a degree in tech and she wants to move beyond that role, not connecting with the 65 people as they registered was a missed opportunity. A young man in his 20s greeted me right away. He was with the vendor. When he heard I was a consultant, he moved on quickly. I saw two Chinese women and I thought, I'll sit with them. I can tell them about the upcoming ACTW conference in October and maybe they'll be interested in my podcast. I didn't go to the table though, because they were chatting deeply and in Chinese. A few men sat at their table. They didn't stop speaking Chinese. Eventually they stopped and acknowledged that they shouldn't be conversing when others couldn't understand. Again, another missed opportunity to connect. I sat with a man in his fifties. He was Asian and his accent was really hard to decipher. And I'm pretty good with accents. We chatted a little. He seemed really credible and invested in data. I felt he was a technician with deep expertise. He was there to learn. A woman in her fifties and another Asian man sat at our table. We all started to chat. Turns out I know the CIO, a woman at the municipality my seatmate worked for. I name dropped a little and I told her that I knew of her. I shared a story hoping to engage the woman thinking there might be a connection and I could deepen my relationship with the municipality and the CIO. No luck. She didn't bite. She said she didn't know why she was at the meeting, but the vendor specifically invited her. Oh, I get why. She's a good contact and she can bring this firm business. Again, men are pretty good at this. She talked about the challenges of data and the municipality and how that she and the CIO were big picture thinkers, but the men on the team just couldn't get it. She spat out her words and there was definitely a tone of condescension and superiority in being a big picture thinker. I noted that the men looked a little defeated. As I dig deeper into this topic of the way men and women work, 
I'm finding that women are generally more comfortable in a gooey space where we're not sure what the outcome will be, and men like a clear path to success. To test this hypothesis, I say it out loud. Yeah, it must be frustrating working in this new space, but I find that generally men like a clear path to success with defined goals. The men shake their heads yes, but they're reluctant to contribute to the dialogue, and my guess is it's the tone of her voice. As we go around the table and we share what we do, the Asian guy with no accent pulls out his business card and he says, we're talking about exactly what you do, aligning the business strategy to our technological investments. Whoa, it was like he fed my value proposition right back to me. I took his card. He promised to make an intro for me. So yes, from my experience, men are more likely to do this than women. And I think it's because they're goal oriented. We're there to network, grow our business, and deepen connections, goal achieved. In episode two of Let's Create Something New, I talked about presentation skills that could be improved. Today's presentation was outstanding. When I learned communication, we were taught to use who, what, where, when, why, how, and most importantly, so what. So what means what does it mean to the audience and why would they care? Today, there are no barriers to communication. Hey, I've got a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, and there were no barriers to entry. I didn't have to go to some publishing company with my hat in my hand and sell myself. All I had to do was create some content that people might be interested in and put it out there. In communication today, I think we have information dumps, but we lack the so what? Why would I care that you garden on Tuesdays? Why would I care that you own four dogs? Why would I care that you want to bring your whole self to work? What does it mean to me? This guy nailed the so what. His presentation started with an overview of the company. Then he showed commercial photographs, really cool pictures of celebrities, dance events, buildings, explaining that he was a part-time commercial photographer. He showed some pictures of famous people in situations. I thought it would end there because that's what most people do. Thinking by sharing something of themselves, they now have a connection. Well, that's kind of true, but this guy deepened it. He did most things really well, but he also made an unfortunate choice. He showed a picture of an icon camera that used film. He said, what if I put this camera, this camera that I use in my work on the table and asked you to photograph a report? Most of you would pull out your cell phones. Why? Because when things are easy to use, we use them more. He then went on to share how easy it was for all the people in the enterprise to use the actionable data with his company's software, noting that anyone could use it. Outstanding. I remember something about him and more importantly, the company he works with. I also thought it was really cool that this company would support the side career of his. Here was the unfortunate choice. He talked about his friends thinking it was really cool that he was a commercial photographer. One guy asked to tag along on a photo shoot. The presentation, the presenter showed a picture of white women in their twenties wearing workout clothes crop tops and spandex shorts. All of them had light hair. They were suggestively posed. And he said, this is what people think I do. And then he showed a bowl of rice and he said, this is what I really do. 
If I wasn't looking at this through the lens of let's create something new, I wouldn't have probably noticed it. We have so many over-sexualized images all around us. But I thought it was an unfortunate choice. He could have used so many different images to get his point across, but he chose this one. Too bad. To understand what the company was about, I went to their website to see if I could find their vision statement, a statement of values. Why is this important? It states what the company is about, what they're trying to achieve, and what they care about. If I saw inclusion, innovation, a goal to strive toward diversity, I would have thought that this was an individual oversight and not a reflection on the company. There was no vision or value statement. There was a sentence that said, people are our most important resource, but there was no deepening of that statement, no demonstration of how that was true. There was a lot of documentation about their innovation and the ease of use of their data, and it seemed to be very authentic. There are 4,800 employees. They're headquartered in New York. I saw a video that documented their history, and I saw more women in leadership positions, which was encouraging. I checked Glassdoor, and the reviews were mostly positive, seemed authentic. On the leadership page, there was only one female name among 23 names listed. That's a red flag. They do seem to be invested in innovation, and there do seem to be women in positions of influence. However, I hope they embrace the leadership gap. It'll help them on their journey of maintaining their important resource of people and achieve their goal of innovation. It's really impressive that the company embraces the fact that their sales rep has a side career in commercial photography and that he uses that career to further the mission of the firm. It's a win-win. So let's take a moment to rewrite this experience from the perspective of creating something new, enhancing the capability of communication along the way. The man says, follow the pretty lady. We're leaving that part in. It was a fun, warm exchange. The only two people who can evaluate that are the ones in it, and I think it was okay. I'm greeted by a young woman who looks me in the eye and shakes my hand. Help me find my name tag. She starts some small talk. I just moved here from Madison, graduated from the University of Wisconsin. I love this company. I'm looking forward to furthering my career in fill in the blank. We miss the opportunity to connect. The young Asian women speaking in Chinese consciously decide not to sit together so they can network, work the room, make connections, and further their careers. Maybe they get together later that day, speak in the language that's most comfortable for them, and share notes continuing to support each other. The woman that sits next to me that works for the CIO uses a different tone as she shares her experiences. Rather than complaining that men can't get it, she says, we're having some challenges retaining staff because the projects are so large, so complex, and there seems to be no end in sight, causing turnover. Maybe this starts a dialogue around having smaller, achievable goals along the way, and she meets two men who are potential employee candidates that can add value when they see a path for success for themselves. Maybe she says to me, oh wow, you were a speaker at the same event our CIO was? Tell me about it. The conversation went nowhere in scenario one because the door was closed. The man who gave me his card, an opportunity, and invited me to call, there are no improvements here. He opened a door for me. Now it's up to me to go through it. 
and it's up to me to execute well. I would have liked to chat with the woman in her 40s with her male colleagues, but the meeting started, to, started late. I had to leave at five at the time it was stated the meeting would end. I had another meeting to go to and a social event at seven. I hate to be late. We don't seem to honor time and I try to be okay with that. I try not to be so rigid that there's no room for happy accidents and casual connections, but I have to admit, I love the efficiency of being on time and prepared. If the meeting would have ended on time, I might have had a moment to walk over and introduce myself to that woman. Lastly, in this man's outstanding presentation, rather than using an image of young women in crop tops and spandex to prove his point that his work was not always glamorous, he could have used other more expanding images, maybe skydiving or mountain climbing or a decadent meal or a fancy party or walking on the scaffold of a high rise anything that didn't use the image of one group in a derogatory way. Images are subtle and powerful. This guy knows that. His presentation was really good. Maybe he doesn't have consciousness at all around how this image excluded part of his audience. The firm went to the trouble to specifically invite a woman at a municipality that has the power to influence their hire. In my opinion, it was just a bad, probably unconscious choice. When we start making better choices, all of us, individually, no doubt, we will create something new. No matter how hard an organization tries to govern and influence individual behavior, it's just not possible. In that 20% of human behavior that Six Sigma processes cannot create efficiency around, People are just too dynamic. One of the two men I saw, of the two men over the last several weeks that I saw give presentations, even though this guy used a more unfortunate image, it was the better presentation by far than the last guy. The previous chief data officer may be technically better, but this one is more memorable and engaging to his audience. This is an example of those soft skills that cannot easily be measured but they can be influenced by honing these skills. On a closing note, if each one of us walked into a room having an individual goal of what success in that meeting would look like for us, and then went after it, we would be taking a step on the path of creating something new for ourselves, those around us, and the organization.